ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? What up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? I almost <laughs> forgot to do it. I was wondering if you were going to. I didn't <laughs> I talk forgot. about it at all. Uh, happy New Year to all of you. Is it still the Hive at 10 a.m.? I'm not sure. Um, but it is the Killer Bees, sort of. Joe George, Jeremy Branham, and then it's also kind of still Paul Gallant, sort of, as Sean Mapes is working, uh, working, working, working today. Who knows what Paul's doing? What, are, what, are the, what is Paul doing right now, Sean? Sleeping. I think so too. Sleeping or puking. One hundred. Yes. No. Or, or, one of the two. Or sitting on a bathroom floor. Yes. Yeah. He's either in the fetal position on the bathroom floor, or he is knocked out. At a ten a.m., that would be tough. Like, hopefully, you would be past that by this point. I mean, you know? he's old, but he's, the thing is, is Paul still acts like he's twenty-five. Yeah. How he's old almost, is Paul? He's almost forty. Is he almost forty? He's got to be close. No, to no. He's I think like he's like 35. in his early thirty or mid thirties. Yeah, he's thirty-four, thirty-five. I mean, huh. he has closer. Ish to forty than me. He's close to rounding up to forty. Yeah, yeah, but he's as close to thirty as he is to forty. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> right, right there in the middle. Uh, Houston Texans won a big football game yesterday, defeating the Titans twenty-six to three. They've positioned themselves in a win in your end game next week against the Colts, which is pretty miraculous that the Texans and the Colts last year were playing with the stakes of the number one pick. Of the NFL draft, and now they're playing a win and end game uh, to get into the AFC playoffs. Uh, Texans nine and seven on the year, chance to get to ten and seven next week. A game that will be in prime time Saturday Let's against go. the Colts, which is awesome. CJ Stroud never lost in prime time, which is not correct in the NFL. Yeah, oh and oh, doesn't matter. Yeah, he's just never... like just like you said, Jeremy, uh-huh. the NIT champion has never won the NBA Finals. Sure. CJ Stroud has never lost in primetime. He's also never won in primetime. He's never in lost. In the NFL. Yes. Yes, he's 0-0 in his NFL career in primetime games. Uh, but that game yesterday was big. You know, it was really, I mean, it was over before you could blink. Uh, the Texans jumped out to that 17 nothing lead. They scored on their first two possessions. They get the scoop and score for a touchdown. It was 17 nothing, and it was over at that point. Like, Levis got hurt. Could Levis even come back from 17 points? Uh, it was nice to see like a laugher for a change because yeah, the Texans yes. have been in a lot of close games. So the fact that they had a laugher was awesome. But that was just a good win for the Houston Texans. Yeah, it was. And it was impressive that I thought C.J. Stroud looked really good coming back in this game. And the fact that like they didn't do anything super challenging, but they just they didn't have to. Like They didn't have to push the ball down the field. They just drove it down with ease those first two drives against the Titans. And CJ looked calm, cool, collected, everything you wanted to see from him. He didn't get hit very hard in this game, which is something like I know we all were watching. So he looked really good coming back from not playing for two weeks, which is a huge positive, but they they dog walked him. Like it, that was that was an embarrassing performance if I, for the Tennessee Titans. The I'm, fact that like Tyer Tart, the guy they cut, was all over the place. For the Texans defense, it felt like was just it was something too. Yeah, that was um, a fun victory. I've never heard the dog walk thing. You never uh, heard that. I've never heard that phrase. No. Oh, really? No. Have you heard that phrase, Sean? Yeah, you have heard that. So I guess I'm in the minority here. Yeah, people get dog walked all the time. Yeah, Seven, one, I didn't some know. twice okay. a day. 
All right. Well, the Titans got dog walked yesterday. They did. The defense was dominant. Didn't allow the Titans to score a touchdown. That's the definition of dog walk, I think. Uh, the offense scored on most of their possessions. That's the definition of dog walk, I think. Yep. But it was a. It, to me, the biggest takeaway was I felt that the game plan was perfect. Like you mentioned, the, the CJ Stroud didn't get hit much. In fact, he only took one sack. I don't think he ran the ball at all. Which well, he ran one, but he went out of bounds. So like mm-hmm. he didn't even take a hit there. So that was really good to see. Though the one time he did. Get sacked. His head did kind of go against the turf. I didn't love that. Uh, there was one time where he like thought about making a block. Where I'm like, eh, let's not make a block. There was one time he chased Devin Singletary out of Dude. bounds on a 15 yard run. I'm like, what are you doing, CJ Stroud? Yes. We need you. Stop yes. chasing Devin Singletary uh, behind, like uh, behind him. The, like he's a blocking fullback. The block on the double reverse was worse. I mean, he didn't. Like he he, put a, he a, thought about it, but like didn't commit yes. to it. Like he thought about it, and then he's like, "Yeah, I better not." I think like pre-concussion, he tries to like lay some wood there. I do too. And like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't like that thought. Like, my, like I love that he's tough. I really do, but I don't want him laying blocks. Like you're the franchise quarterback. We know how important that you are. But I thought the game plan was perfect on both fronts. Like defensively, I, I think they went into this game the Texans expecting to dog walk the Tennessee Titans. I think they went into the game knowing that they were going to win that game convincingly. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get overconfident in the NFL. Fell, but you could tell the game plan was okay. Let's ease CJ Stroud back in. Let's run the football a lot. He threw the ball 32 times yesterday and had 213 yards. What does that tell you? It means short passes, quick passes, just trying to get him in the flow of things. Uh, they didn't take many deep shots. And sometimes that's what the other team's doing too. And CJ Stroud talked about it after the game that, you know, they were taking away the deep shots. So we were going underneath. But the game plan offensively, run the football, get the ball out quickly, ease CJ Stroud back into the like into the flow of the game. They had these long drives of like six and seven minutes. Yep. They got up by multiple possessions. So it's like, okay, we don't really like scoring a touchdown is always the best thing you can do. But whenever you're up by two, three scores, it's like, eh, who really cares? Like, just eat the clock, use time of possession. The defense gave up three points. D'Amico did his thing too. And D'Amico did it without a lot of the offensive or without a lot of the defensive line John Gernard did not play Malik Collins did not play Sheldon Rankins had the scoop and score played less than 50 percent of the snaps Mm -hmm. Will Anderson who had two sacks played 12 plays he had two sacks in 12 plays I honestly didn't know that yeah I looked at it this morning I was shocked because I I knew he was on a pitch count and like they talked about how he's in pitch count that's a big pitch count. yeah I thought it was like I whenever I watched the game if I had to guess before I looked at it this morning I would have said like 20 25 plays Mm -hmm. probably closer to 25 he played 12 defensive snaps yesterday, had two sacks, and hit the quarterback three times. Now, Andre Dillard's a bum. Andre Dillard sucks, and he got benched, and the new left tackle might be worse than Andre Dillard. If I was a Titan fan doing radio in Nashville today, maybe I can talk to John McClain. Like, how are you not begging for new left tackle help in the offseason? Because that left tackle position, whether it was Dillard, whether it was Dillard's understudy, was a turnstile. I don't know, Jeremy. Maybe it was like, like that the, in the other. It was like that in the first Titan game too, when they had seven sacks. What they have yesterday, six. The Texans had thirteen sacks ish against the Titans yeah, in two games. Uh, their offensive line sucks. Well, maybe they should draft, a, you know, an interior or I don't know, a tackle in the first round. Probably should, like they did last year. Who they, they draft last they year? Took Peter Skaronsky. Yeah. They took the kid from Northwestern in the first round. They have him playing guard. 
He should. I mean, their left tackle position is brutal. Wait, Dillard was he the one that everyone freaked out about because of Titus Howard? People wanted people in Houston wanted Dillard. Yeah, yeah. And then the Eagles. I think it was the Eagles. The yeah, Eagles, Eagles traded up. The Eagles traded right before the Texans. That's right. And drafted Dillard. And a lot of people lost their minds. Like, oh, what are we doing? What is Bill O'Brien doing? We needed Andre Dillard, and then they drafted Titus Howard. Thank goodness they didn't get Andre Dillard because he's a bum. Yeah, he's a bum. Yeah, Titus I, Howard's better than Andre Dillard. Yeah. Now. Is Titus a first rounder that you should be paying top five right tackle money to? Maybe Probably not the not. conversation we should be having. What's, but uh, twenty twenty four, like let's start, let's piss some people off. It is two thousand twenty four. I, I did forget about that, but uh, I thought the game plan that that to me was the biggest takeaway. And I got some pushback on the Twitter whenever I said that Bobby Slowick had a great game plan because oh well, you know you, got, you can't stall out in the red zone. I get that. Like I know you can't stall out in the red zone, but whenever you score on more than half of your offensive possessions, whenever you're eating up the clock six seven minutes when you're up by. More multiple scores, when you're trying to protect C.J. Stroud ahead of the most important game for the Houston Texans since they lost the big lead at Arrowhead a few years ago in the postseason, why would you put the anybody at risk, but especially C.J. Stroud at risk? I thought it was the perfect game plan. They executed it perfectly. They won a laugh for going away, and they've positioned themselves where next week they could potentially be a playoff team in D'Amico Ryan's first year in C.J. Stroud's rookie season. Well, I think the other part of the game plan that stood out for me that I was impressed with was it feels like, Jeremy, for the first time since week one, Robert Woods was a major factor in the offense. Like, he was a good player yesterday, and Noah Brown got hurt again. That guy gets dinged up all the time. Like, Nico was obviously very good, but seeing Robert Woods emerge and play much better yesterday than he has pretty much the entire season was just a huge, I think, confidence boost. Like, going into next week, we knew we know what next week means. And I feel better about the Texans' offense after yesterday's game. Just seeing the way that Singletary and Woods and Brown and Collins and Schultz Mm -hmm. were playing around CJ, like all those questions we had, like can this Texans' offense be viable without Tank Dell? For at least yesterday's game, it made me feel like the answer to that question is yes for the remainder of the season. No, the Titans suck. Yes. Like the Titans are not a good football team. So, like, let that be known. Like, next week's going to be obviously a a huge test, chance to get in the playoffs, things like that. How how concerned were you with uh, Woods leaving the game? Like, Brown played, I think, eight snaps. Woods got hurt. Laramie Tunsil left the game with a groin. Like, a great win. You positioned yourself nicely. But I think the theme of this upcoming week is like watching the injury report, which is always riveting radio. Injury report comes out. Let's take a look. But but because the stakes are so high this Sunday and the significance of players the, you have on the injured list, like this is a that to me is going to be the thing we're watching all week. But the biggest problem with it is the thing that you just made a mistake on. Mm. It's not Sunday. Oh, Saturday. It's yeah. Saturday. Yeah, which, my bad. Well, no, but that just makes the injury concerns even worse is that you've got all these guys – they got dinged up like John Mechie. Like, that kid stinks. I'm sorry. I'm at the point now where, like, you can't avoid it. He's not good. He can't catch. He's not, like, twitchy. Yeah. He, he's just he's just a guy. and he, mm-hmm. He's barely even that. But, like, if those guys are seriously hurt in any way, good luck. If it's Nico Collins, John Mechie, and Hutchinson. I think Nico's fine because he, like, came back in with a hand. Yeah, Nico's but, like, good. Woods left the game and didn't come back in. So it's like, okay. I'm hoping that's that- because they dog-walked him. Yeah, that those three players, Brown, Woods, and Tunsil, yep, are fine, and they were just like, "Hey, like 
Let's not push this. Like when I, I was tweeting about the Tunsil thing, I was like, "Hey, they, like just at minimum, hold him out the rest of the game." Because I think he left the game when it was seventeen nothing. It was pretty early. It was early, but it was already a three possession game. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's early, but it's a three possession game. You can probably win this game without him. You feel really good that you can win this game without him. So I was totally okay with him not coming back into the game. But because he didn't come back in the game, you don't really know the severity of the injury. Same thing with Noah Brown. Same thing with Robert Woods. Nico, you feel good about because he came back in. Um, John Grenard didn't play Sunday. He didn't play yesterday. What is the status of John Grenard? Because I would love to have John Grenard next to Will Anderson, who only played 12 snaps yesterday. Like, What is the status of, uh, of a Malik Collins? What is the status of a Sheldon Rankins who played less than half the snaps? Like, There are some significant names that might not play on Saturday night in prime time in Indy. And that and that's you're right, that's the biggest question th- this entire week. It's just how healthy can the Texans get? And and part of that too is like the 12 snaps for Will Anderson. That's got to triple, right? At, at a minimum. Sure. He, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got to be out there almost the entire game. Yeah, 75%. Let's go 75%. Yeah, that's fair. I'll take I mean, you got to you got to keep him fresh. Like no yeah. no defensive lineman plays 100% of the snaps anymore. Um, I feel confident that he'll be there, though, because look, he plays yeah. close. Now. I, I think he would have played more, but the game script and getting up a lot, it's like, why are you going to put Will Anderson out there when you're up by three possessions? What's the point? And, and that's you're not going to do that. And that's just what I'm hoping with the other guys as well. We'll find out, I guess, tomorrow, the first injury report when it comes out. Hopefully these guys are at least you know participating in a minimal effort. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're not all just out, Hopefully, it'll be okay. Yeah, I, I I feel like they're minor, but you don't know for sure. 713-780-ESPN. It's a, a New Year edition of the Killer Bees in a different slot with half of us and Sean Mapes producing. Uh, we're all on Twitter, though. Sean's at Sean A. Mapes. Joe's at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Brand. A busy show planned. We're, we're fitting three hours into two. Uh, Mailbag Monday. We do that each and every Monday. We're not stopping today because it's a holiday show. Hand out some NFL game balls. We do have a... Uh, you know, the Dick Clark special is always fun on New Year's Eve. I love, I'm a big sucker for a New Year countdown, like in anything. Music, top 40, favorite countdowns, and whatever your hobbies are for 2023. Today, we're going to have our top Houston sports moment of 2023 countdown uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. But much more about these uh, Houston Texans. We got into Will Anderson a little bit early. I'm ready to declare something on Will Anderson. Tell you what it is next. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something else that I'm ready to declare is that Gentle Ben is the absolute best. You already know that, though. I rung in the new year with Gentle Ben. You should have, too. If you didn't, well, 2024, it's a new day. It's time for resolutions. Your New Year's resolution should be more Gentle Ben. I like a good drink at the end of the day, especially at the end of the night. Vodka, gin, bourbon, all in that rotation for me. And Gentleman Spirits does it better than anybody else. How? They're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you will ever taste. Purification of Gentle Ben is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in it, including gluten. That's right. There's no gluten in Gentle Ben, but Gentle Ben isn't going to brag about that one, though, like some other spirits, because all spirits are naturally gluten-free. Try a sip of Gentle Ben, vodka, the gin, the straight bourbon, the cast-strength bourbon, and compare it to what you drink, you will never go back. I've been a Gentle Ben man, as you know, ever since I had that first sip. You get all the flavor with none of the burn. It's so smooth, so clean. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. Look at it at the Toyota Center. If you're going to a Rockets game soon, stop by Ben's Bar inside the Toyota Center. Enjoy some Gentle Ben while you watch your favorite pro basketball team. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store on the way home today. Ask for it at your favorite restaurant or bar, or just head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room. Or... 
Head to GentleBend.com. You can learn more about their incredible story, but you can also order GentleBend straight from the website at GentleBend.com. GentleBend, the secret ingredient is what's not in it. ESPN 97.5. Stop being a f***ing baby. Oh, the signal, it's, it's all staticky. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Jay on the Twitch says, uh, 2023 Houston sports needed a culture change, and they in fact have. I think it's probably true for two of the big three. It's true with Ime, it's true with D'Amico. Um, Astros shifting to a new manager. And you look at some of the college programs, blah, 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 blah. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Will Anderson, I'm ready to make a declaration on uh, on Will Anderson. Here, here was uh, D'Amico Ryan's first, though, yesterday after this. Impressive. Not only is it, I mean, a two-sack game super impressive. He did it on back-to-back plays. But he had two sacks, and he played 12 defensive snaps. Pretty high ratio there, huh? But here was uh, D'Amico talking about his rookie defensive end afterwards. Yeah, really proud of Will for him pushing through. Right, He's in a lot of pain. He's hurt, but he still, you know, sucked it up and pushed through. And he made a lot of impact plays, even though he's on a limited snap count. He was still able to affect the quarterback for him to get two sacks. Huge plays for us in the game. All right? And just for him to break the rookie record, I know it means a lot to him. That's the type of player Will is. He's an impact player, and you see it instantly. right? You see we've, we've missed him. When he hasn't been there, we've missed him. But you see the production. You see the type of plays that he can make for us. Really proud of him, proud of the season that he's having. I'm proud too. Uh, thank you, D'Amico. I'm very proud of uh, of Will Anderson. Uh, Will Anderson was uh, on the at the podium too afterwards and like kind of mocked this these advanced metrics. He's like win rate, double team rate doesn't matter. I got to be able to like get to the quarterback basically, hmm. which I love to hear that because it's been my point all year. Now, Will Anderson seven sacks after the two yesterday breaks the Texans rookie record, and they've had some pretty good defensive ends that started their career here. Um, uh, the declaration that I'm, ma- I'm ready to make on Will Anderson is that the Texans got a really good football player. Will Anderson is a really good football player. Like, there's always going to be the question about did the Texans use too much of draft capital to trade up for Will Anderson? And I think that that question's going to be fair for the duration of their rookie contracts. I think it's fair for the next four to five years. But I don't think you can like fully grade it or declare one side the winner until their rookie contract is done, plus the fifth-year rookie option, blah, 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 blah. But the declaration you can make about Will Anderson is that the Houston Texans got a really good football player. Uh, seven sacks is a good season, especially for a rookie. Having the rookie record is awesome. He has these seven sacks, by the way, missing two games. And basically, I mean, yesterday he played 12 snaps. It's almost like... Like it's almost three games that he missed. Yeah, uh, because yesterday he played twelve snaps, almost like missing the entire game. He got hurt in the Jets game, but that one was late, so you can't really like, you know, say that he missed the entirety of that game. But seven sacks in a rookie year is very good. We know how good he is against the run. Uh, Will Anderson declaration I'm making. He is a really good football player, no matter how you feel about the draft day trade. The thing about Will Anderson that is impressive is that it's also to me it's really been the second half of the season. And I think it's shown how much he's grown as a football player in year one. And that's why I'm really excited about his future. It's like, what does year two, what does year three look like for him? We keep talking about, like, 
adding moves. And right now, yeah, I do feel like a lot of his numbers, he's taking advantage of very bad football players. Yeah. But that's football. Like, you're, you're not going to play an elite left tackle or right tackle every single week. But what does he look like going forward? It seems like he can easily, easily be a 10-sack-a-year guy. And that, to me, can be a good to a great player. Like, he is going to be a solid player for the next five years. He already can see a new contract in his future with this team. Like, he's a long-term piece. Like, that, to me, is why, like, even with the trade, it is a home run draft pick. Because let's say Jonathan Grenard walks this offseason. Part of the reason why you feel okay about that, if it happens, and not paying Jonathan Grenard $20 million, is because you have Will Anderson. Because like he is a high impact player that can get you 12, 13 sacks a year. Yeah, I um look, I, I still think you gave up too much. Like now Will Anderson's the guy that I wanted the Texans to draft it too. So it's not a knock on Anderson. I feel like the price was extremely high. You paid a quarterback price for a defensive end. Uh and you can you can you can start stacking it up too. I mean, you could have had Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta in the twentieth ish pick yeah. uh in next year's draft. Is Will Anderson worth that? I, I think that that's a debate. I think that's a conversation. But the promising thing is you didn't trade all of that for a guy who's been a disappointment. Like, you traded all of that to, for a guy who's having the best rookie season for a defensive end in Houston Texans history. You didn't draft already Walker. Exactly. You didn't draft uh, who was the kid from Texas Tech, the defensive end, that a lot of people were saying the Texans were in love with and they were going to draft, ended up with the Raiders. Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. Like, you didn't draft Tyree Wilson. So, like, even if you don't like the trade, well, you got a really good football player, and having a really good football player is a really good thing. And, and I would even argue that you gave up too much. But I'm, I still like Will Anderson a lot and think he's a really good player. Now, for him, I, I don't – to me, he's not elite yet. And that's not a knock. He's a rookie. He shouldn't be elite yet. Uh, being elite as a rookie would be incredible. It'd be like C.J. Stroud. For him to take that next step, and I do think he's already a double-digit sack guy. Like, going into next year, I expect him to be a 10-sack guy yeah. if he doesn't develop at all. At all. Like, if he doesn't develop a pass, like, more to his bag, put more into his arsenal, he's a 10-sack guy next year without any extra. The part that I like about Will Anderson is, like, the work ethic stuff. Listening to him talk. uh, Listening to D'Amico Ryans talk about the work that he puts in. I expect Will Anderson to add to his repertoire. I expect Will Anderson to add more to his game. Because I do, like, he's not a raw player, but I think his pass rushing, like, like moves are raw. I think he has two moves. I think he's got bull rush. I think he's got speed rush. That's it. Like, I, watching the Lions play the Cowboys the other day, Hutchinson had that big sack late where mm-hmm. he had the spin move around. The, when do you see Anderson do that? You don't. And it's not a knock on him because he's a rookie. But if he adds that move and a counter to that move in the offseason, he might go from being a 10-sack guy to like a 13-14 sack guy. And honestly, I expect that from Will Anderson. Well, I think, you you know, he does. It needs to do that to help validate this trade over time. Like, I think the team success will always help the argument. You know, people will, if, if you want to make the argument that it still gave up too much for the trade, I'll always hear that. I'm always going to be on the other side for the most part. Like, I, I believe Will Anderson is going to get to a 12, 13 sack a year kind of player. But, like, the team's success will help. But you're right. Like, he needs to add one, maybe two things, and he can be an exceptional football player. Because the thing that, that about him that I love so much, too, is I feel like he has a chance to be everything we saw with Clowney in the run game as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is special about Will Anderson is early on in the season we mostly saw he looked like Clowney. It was he was great at stopping the run. He was close to getting to the quarterback but not getting there. If he can be like a mix of what Clowney and Watt were, he can be a superior player. He doesn't ever has to ever be the heights 
of J.J. Watt. Yeah. But if he can be the heights of Jadavion Clowney plus a 10, 12 sack guy, he's an absolutely elite football player. Yeah. And he's showing that he can, he might be able to be there. See, I, I hear what you're saying. For for me, it's more from like a production comp. Sure. Because I, I don't see the same player in Anderson and Clowney at all. Like Clowney was, Clowney's a specimen that has unbelievable skill and potential. He didn't reach it because he wasn't really willing to work on it and add to his game. Like the, what he stepped into as the NFL is like who he was forever. Will Anderson, I don't think, has the skill level of Clowney and, like, the physical attributes of Like, Clowney's huge. Like, Clowney's tall. He's a little bigger than Anderson. Uh, but what Anderson has, I think, is motor. He has speed. Mm-hmm. I think he has desire. So it's, like, very different from who Clowney was as a player. Now, from a production standpoint, I agree. Like, Clowney was always very good against the run. Will Anderson, when he stepped foot at NRG, was very good against the run. Yeah. His sacks is because he's fast. He's able to get around tackles, or he has a motor where he doesn't quit and he continues to get after the quarterback when the when the play breaks down. The quarterback abandons the pocket. I, I want to see some Hutchinson stuff next year. I mean, I'm not saying that this should happen next week. That would be silly. But if he if he can add like a little Micah Parsons to his game, add a Hutch move to his game where he's spinning around a tackle and like getting through the B gap, like that's where he's going to go from being a 10, 12 sack guy to potentially a 15 sack guy. That's where he's going to go from being already as a rookie, which is really high praise to already be a really good defensive end in the NFL, but for him to take that really good defensive end to an elite defensive end, he's going to have to add that to his game. Have you seen enough to where he makes you feel okay if Grenard walks at this point? See, it's almost it's almost two separate conversations to me because you, you're going to need two defensive ends. You like are. I don't want a Will Anderson and then just some warm body on the other side. Like I, I like the idea of Will Anderson in a rookie contract and then a really stout defensive end on the other side. Because Will Anderson's cheap, too. Like Why not spend on the other defensive end no, I agree. to pair with Anderson for the duration of Anderson's contract? Like To me, you shouldn't be... Like to me, you shouldn't be looking at Will Anderson in a warm body until Will Anderson's in his fifth year in the league, and you have to start really paying him. But while Will Anderson's on a rookie deal, pair him up with a dynamic defensive end, and you have like the makings of a really good bookend defensive line that's going to create havoc with quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. But even if they went, if they go the draft route instead and bring in, you know, like one of his old teammates from Alabama, I've seen a lot of times mocked them at twenty four, whatever the Browns pick ends up being. Yeah, I, I still think like that's a good path. But part of that is just I believe that Anderson. Like everything you've seen from Grenard, I think Anderson can give you, and I think you can you could spread out the money around the defensive line because part of it too. I think one thing we've learned from the Texans defense is that when Rankins and Collins and these guys in the middle are balling, Anderson and Grenard eat. Yeah, like it really shows you. I think this season that when the interior defensive line is playing good for the Texans, it makes life so much easier for Grenard and Anderson. Like, those guys have been some of the most impactful, unsung heroes of the Texans season, I would say. Yeah, I give credit for Casario for being able to bring in those guys. Yeah, the other guy, time. I'm blanking on his name, they got hurt. That was having a really good year, too, uh, in the middle. Oh, yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I, 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 I thought about it earlier this morning, but it slipped my mind. 713-780-ESPN-HRMP listener line. Mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. 713-780-3776. What's your question for the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5? ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter patter. It's a hard life picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. You've got mail. It's Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. Something's in the bag. Mommy? 
What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the box? Monday. You can ask the killer bees whatever you want to ask. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. 713-780-3776. Uh, Alex asking us, how was your New Year's celebration? It was good. It was boring. Uh, I was asleep at 11. Was, so Me and my wife were watching. She never watched How I Met Your Mother. Really? So we're watching that. For some reason, she watched the terrible version of How I uh, Met Your Husband. How I Met Your Father. Father. Hillary Duff. Yeah. I never saw that. It was okay, but I was like, how have you? Wa- how are you watching the this sequel. and haven't watched the original, which is incredible. Yeah. So I we're watched, watching that. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a reach. I think it's very good. I watched How I Met Your Mother. This is a show that I watched. Yeah. I mean, it's not like one of the top uh, sitcoms, but yeah. like, it's pretty good. Like on a scale of one to ten, like... Seven, I'll give it a seven. six, but I feel kind of bad oh, giving it a six. Really? Like it's between like a five and a six. six I'll Ooh. give it a six. But it has, it a six. I mean, it's some, but see, I, I was going to say like 7.5. Yeah. Oh, that's high. See, I think 7.5 too. Because I think the peaks of it, like the slap bet, is some of the funniest. Who's your favorite character? Oh, Barney. Yeah, Barney's my favorite character. Barney. Oh, I liked uh, Jason Siegel's character. Marshall. Oh, he's great. Oh, he was funny too. Wait, yeah. we're, we, we watched like, it's like we're in like episode four. Who was your, uh, who was your least favorite? Ted. Is he the main guy? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. I didn't like Lily really much either. Marshall's wife. But see, yeah, I, she yeah. kind of annoyed me. But see, yeah, I've loved her since American Pie, so yeah. I just love her. I, her character annoyed me in this one. Yeah, yeah, I give it a six. You gave it a seven, and yeah. Sean gave it a seven and a half. Yeah. Man. Okay. All right. 713-780-ESPN. Question for the Killer Bees. What are your New Year's traditions? I, I don't know, man. Like Now that we have a, a two-year-old, we don't have any. Like, we used to just go drink heavily. Really? But now it's like... My New Year's uh, traditions are that I make resolutions that I do not keep. Yeah. I do that each and every year. It's your, it's your tradition unlike any other. I mean, we eat Chinese food typically with my parents, so we did that yesterday. They play cards with, like, their friends, and they flew in from Chicago. So I went <laughs> over there for a little bit, and we had Chinese food. But that's, like, my only real tradition. I'm, I'm going to try to get some Chinese food when I get off today. And I love, also, I love Chinese food. making resolutions that I don't follow yeah. through with. I'm going to yeah. follow through with mine this year. I've got two. Oh, yeah? This We're, is the year? i got two this year. Where are they? I'm going to quit dipping. And I've already started. We're one day in. <laughs> one day is today. Not one, really. The first day is the hardest We're day. 10 yeah. hours in. <laughs> uh, 10 and a half hours in. And I'm going to lose like 50 pounds this year. I need to lose some serious weight. Yeah. I would like to do that too. I'm going to start next Monday though. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, I don't start. I don't it's start a holiday my, week. I don't start yeah, my. Yeah. It's a holiday week. You it, can't start on a holiday week. And for me, it depends how the college football stuff works. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, I, yeah. it's, I cannot do anything it's today. a big day for you yes yeah it is a big day for me and hopefully a big next week for me too. yeah i don't i don't start my resolutions till january 5th 5044 uh it was strange but cool hearing jake asman on the national radio show over the weekend happy new year to the killer bees keep rocking what position is the most needed to fix for the texans mm. safety well that's a good call because Ward can't stay healthy. Yeah, see, I kind of feared this at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you like, did. I, I called him kind of our poor man's Ed Reed. Like he's kind of he's a little bit over the hill. He's kind of washed. The injury stuff you can't predict. Uh, Jalen Petrie, been so bad. I wouldn't say that it has been really. I mean, you can't count on him to be a starter next year. Like he should be your third safety next year, uh, which which you can afford if because you, you still have Petrie on a rookie deal, and maybe you can draft one and you just go young. Ward's your third safety. I think that's fine. I think it's a fine way to kind of alleviate the safety woes a bit. I wouldn't say that Petrie's taken a step back. 
I think we probably overrated a player who showed signs in a rookie year on a bad team. Mm-hmm. And I also think we overrated the tackles. Oh, he's got all these tackles. You don't want your safeties to have lots of tackles. I don't think he's a great fit for D'Amico's scheme. In this, but, I, but I also will, like, to defend Jalen Petrie here a little bit, I think most of the mistakes that he makes are all kind of mental mistakes or, like, not being acclimated acclimated to the system. Like, I think once he's comfortable with D'Amico's scheme, like, he got benched the two two games ago yeah. because he gave up a deep pass and, like, came over to you know, defend the intermediate guy instead of, like, defending the deep route. Amari Cooper got a touchdown, burned one of the bad corners. Like, that stuff is fixable. Like, it isn't lack of skill with Jalen Petrie. So that's the problem. I don't think Petrie's been good this year, but the promising thing about Petrie next year is that these things, I think, are more about scheme, mental things, than, like, physical attributes. Uh, if if he is a mediocre or bad year next year, then Texans fans got duped for the second time in four years by a player who had too many tackles, and the first one being Zach Cunningham. I think Cunningham was okay at a 3-4. And I think Petrie's okay. Yeah. Like, I just, it's, there was so many, everyone saw these tackle numbers. It was like, oh my God, like they're just, they're after the running backs and the receivers all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean good things when your defensive line is so poor. See, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Like I like, I think numbers in sports are fun. I think it's information. I think it's data. I think numbers in football are almost irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Howell was leading the NFL in passing for a good chunk of the season. And he stinks. And he throws more interceptions than a good chunk of the other quarterbacks in the NFL. A lot of the numbers are dependent on what else is going around you. Like, Jalen Petrie had tons of sacks. Like, cool. That's good for Jalen Petrie. But it also means your defense sucks. Mm -hmm. So, like, all of these numbers in in football just, like, baseball to me is a sport you can look at numbers and, like, really know what a player is. Football, you look at numbers and you have no clue. Like, you know, whatever. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. HRMP listener line. What are your questions for the Killer Bees? 713-780-3776. With uh, With Will Anderson basically having J.J rookie numbers. Will's actually been better uh, in his rookie year than J.J. Uh, Will Will end up being a Hall of Fame player? Yes, I'm ready to call it. (laughs) It's a big question. You're you're willing to say that he's good. I'm willing to say get him him ready for the gold jacket. Start sizing him for the gold jacket. Get his bust ready. How many snaps did he play uh, yesterday? Played a dozen snaps yesterday. dozen snaps. And how many sacks did he have? He had two. Do I need to write this down? So he's on pace. Once out of every six snaps, he had a sack yesterday. Okay. So Unbelievable. If, he pl- if he played like 70 sa- snaps, it would take him two games to break Michael Strahan's. Uh- <laughs> That's all he needs. <laughs> all right. Let's put this all add this to the uh, Bad Take Boulevard. Uh, I mean, it can't be a bad, you won't know if it's just, a bad take until 20 years from yeah, now. Yeah. Put it, put it on there. I, <laughs> I don't just, care. We'll just, whichever show is here, we're just like, hey, you have to keep doing Bad Take Boulevard until Will Anderson does or does not get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Good player. He's a good player now. He's got to add more to his, uh, to his game. I'm going to say no. I mean, Watt won three defensive players of the year. Like, do I expect Will Anderson to win three defensive players of the years? No, I I don't. Like, that's that's uh, most players don't. There's been what two in history that have. Like, so because because he has more sacks than Watt in his rookie year, does that translate to him having more defensive players of the year than JJ Watt? Probably Probably not. No, but I'll I'll go CJ Stroud, yes, Hall of Famer. Will Anderson, no. Yeah, I probably lean that way too. Uh, Hot takes, 2024. Let's get going. Zach, do the Texans regret letting Tyron Matthew and Reed walk years ago? No. Uh, Probably not Matthew. Matthew's a little over the hill now. Reed played pretty good yesterday. I think Reed had a couple of sacks. He's a good player. I I wish they would have kept him. But he was done with Jack Easterby-era Texans. Yeah, previous regime. Um, 
I can't really put a whole lot of that on the current regime for the Texans. Yeah. It'd be nice to have Reed. I think I think Reed's better than Petrie. Yes, but he also costs more than Petrie because he got you know he's on his second he's on his first real contract. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Uh, would y'all rather have Astros Twitter or Texans Twitter be mad at you? Uh, Texans Twitter. Um. Okay, why is that? Uh, they're not as unhinged as Astros Twitter. So you'd rather have them be mad at you than Astros I don't think Twitter. Texans Twitter would get someone to quit their job. That happened with Astros. Oh, Twitter? she didn't quit her job. She's oh, back now. She is back now. Quit social media. Yeah, she quit social three, media. A brief for the conclusion of the 2023 calendar. And her year. mentions are so brutal. Are sometimes. they? Yeah, they're. She's uh, out photos of like her brother. It's just like they're still too far comments. Too far. Yeah. So I would say, even though Texans Twitter. Texans Twitter They more. embarrass that moron Tennessee fan that liked yeah. to say the F word yesterday. That guy, first of all, <laughs> sucks, oh. but they ruined him. So did the Texans. I feel like Texans Twitter is more spread out. Like, Texans Twitter, here's a really weird analogy. Like, comparing Twitter communities to, like, the geography of a city. It actually okay. might be like the topography of a city. <laughs> Texans Twitter is kind of like the city of Houston. Okay. Where it's super spread out. Like you have tons, like you have so many suburbs that count as the greater Houston area from Katy all the way to the Woodlands. Like do you want to count Baytown? Not a lot of hills. You can go south to Galveston that can be the greater Houston area. Mm. So it's very, very spread out. Well, I feel like Astros Twitter is very, very tight. Like a big city in a very tight area. Mm. Kind of New Yorky. Kind of New York-y, where you have all these people that are very, very tight. And I think sometimes that tightness leads to what you're talking about, more vitriol. Yeah. I love this take. What do you think I about that comparison? That was, that Decent comparison? I didn't think the word topography would be yeah, I feel like we're, we're, show. This is a strong start 2024 for us. <laughs> topography might not have been used correctly. Not, not really. <laughs> no, I think you did okay. But I, mean, I was talking more about the, like the spread of the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hills. There's more ebbs and flows. <laughs> yeah, no. In, I, uh, well, there's not really ebbs and flows in New York. No. And there's none in Houston. No. <laughs> so you know what you're going to get. I'll take Astro. I would take Astro's Twitter being mad at me because I like I like the angst more. It gives you us do? our Friday. Yeah, it gives us our Friday segment at the end of every week. Yeah. I just. I, I like know. that. I, I find humor in it. Yeah. I, I think it'd be it'd be funnier if the Astro if Astro's Twitter was mad at me for whatever reason. It's also funny to imagine like what 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 would I have to do? Oh, yeah. probably not much. I tried. Not much. But not not much. I've but, made Texans Twitter mad. I yeah, mean, I was going to say I was going to say we you we made, have someone who's gotten I've made a lot Texans, of people mad I'm, on Twitter. I've made Texans Twitter mad with the the draft day thing. You make Texans players mad. That is true. <laughs> like that, I I never 60% of the offensive line. I've mad never at experienced something like that. It's where really bizarre. Very minor trivial takes lead to the Texans Offensive line getting mad at me, like bizarre. The the weird. I think the weirdest one, honestly, was Grenard when you tweeted out that about how people were giving too much credit to Will Anderson and not enough to Jonathan Grenard. Yeah, and then he liked the tweet, but then unliked it. He like retweeted it. Oh, he retweeted. He he, he did both. He liked it. Retweeted it. No, and then he actually got in my comments the other day too because it was very similar. Very similar, and Grenard's like, yeah. So, like, Grenard likes me. The defense likes me. The offense, okay. not so much, I guess, unless your case. Go I'm sure CJ likes I, you. I know I've made Astros Twitter mad, but I don't I don't remember what, why, or how. You probably just said one time, like, oh, you know, should have pitched I mean, it there, and then what they is get your, mad at you. What did so. your mention I think Astros like? Twitter, I, Astros Twitter usually likes me. Yeah, because you were, what's wrong with Dusty's lineup? They kind of like me. Because, like, that's, like, in your, like, your tweet that you just did every day for the lineup is, like, in line with yeah. Astros Twitter hating Dusty Baker. Yeah. I think I'm going to carry it over with a spotter. 
Mm. I'm going to carry it over with Espada. It's good know. content. Him, he has to play his way off the... Should we should we say what's wrong with Espada's lineup or what's wrong with Joe's lineup? Joe's lineup because some people would think you're talking about Joe George. Yeah. People will just say Paul Gallant. They, but, but, <laughs> yeah. the, the problem there is they might say three to six. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah we're we're, we're uh, opening ourselves for a lot of criticism if we do we that. We are, yeah. I think I might say it. That's, that, that, that convinced me to go with Spada. All right, 713-780-ESP. That's it for Mailbag Monday. We see you there, Robert. Also, a great C.J. Stroud, too. We do this each and every Monday with the rookie quarterback. Give him a golf grade. We've also been doing the, the boxing grade, comparing him to the other quarterback as well. Uh, C.J. Stroud, what would you think of his performance yesterday? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planted Unicorn. Hey. The prettiest shade of pink I've ever seen. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. All right, each and every Monday, we great C.J. Stroud. Joe George in for blank. I'm Bradham. Killer B's in for Paul. Uh, Connor and Beard will be here at their normal time, 12 to 3. And then we'll be carrying the college football playoffs uh, coming up later, which Sean and I might be beefing a little bit later. Uh, I'm rooting for Michigan and Washington. That's where my allegiance lies, which I hate rooting for a hardball. I hate the hardballs. Last game in college football. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't. I don't believe. I don't think the NFL wants Harbaugh. I, I think, mean, I think he's so desperate to get into the NFL. Bad enough. I don't think they want him bad enough you because you remember the story with the Vikings job where yeah. he yeah. he leaked his name. Well, and it was on National Signing Day, and he thought it was, "Hey, let me go to the facility and accept the job," but it was an actual job interview. Yeah. and he was like, "Nah." Don't want it. Yeah, I, I think that he leaks his own name to try to build up his own like momentum to be an NFL head coach, and no one wants him. And I think that's like the latest deal with his agent, like an NFL agent. Like he's desperate to get into the NFL. I don't think the NFL wants him. Maybe oh, this Carolina will be the Panthers year. Mine. I don't know, man. I think that this is the year. If there's how many openings do we have right now? Three. See, I think there's going to be less openings than we think. Chicago's which is, not opening, which is good for Slowick. And they're saying that uh, who is the other one that's not opening? Atlanta. No, there's what? another one too. Chicago, oh, uh, New York, the Jets. The Jets was solid. I think there was another one though. Yeah, I, there was I'm another one I was reading yesterday, but I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. Oh, Saints with Dennis Allen. They said yeah. they expect Dennis oh, Allen God. back, which is like cool. Oh, great. Oh, thank all you. these are so depressing. Yeah, about, like if, we're bringing our guy back. No offense, Matt Eberflus, but for like his entire tenure before the last three weeks, I feel like Joe's won him fired. I know. <laughs> yeah, the president I mean, on scandal. I, I kind of want. It's got to be all or nothing. It's kind of been my philosophy. Oh, okay. If Eberflus stays, Fields has to stay. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think that they probably deserve it now because they've been playing better. Well, they've done this. They they do this every – they're a bad organization, okay? They did this with John Fox. They drafted Mitch Trubisky, but they kept John Fox. Then after a year of Mitch, they fired Fox. They did this with Fields. Mm -hmm. They kept Nagy with Fields for a year. Then they fired Nagy. I'm tired of this cycle. Like, if you're going to draft a quarterback, you've got to fire the coach. Interesting thing is they clinched the number one pick. So, like, what do you do there? Keep Fields. Do you rest your starters? Oh, you can do oh. fields, but what do you do with the pick? Trade it to number three. Trade down like the because last the way year. because the way the draft is setting up is perfect for them. If you want to take Marvin Harrison with Arizona's win, now you have Washington and New England picks two and three. So you trade the one to three for New England. See, I think they might just keep one and just draft Harrison. Cool. 
I really yeah, do. Yeah, I, th- I think I don't think they're going to risk it. I think it. Yes, you run the risk of getting not like too cute. Like Marvin Harrison won't be there, mm-hmm. but it's like at a certain point you're just trading down just to get like the extra like third round pick. Yeah. But what if he, what if he's not there? What if they go? What if somebody falls out? Of, what if everybody falls out of love yeah. with Drake May? And you go Caleb Williams one, and then whoever's there. I don't know who's going to be there. Number two, I haven't looked at it closely today, but they don't need quarterback. And it's like, oh, let's just take Marvin Harrison. It's, it's Washington. Yeah. It's Washington, New or, England. Or even like New England. They need quarterbacks. Even New England, they need a quarterback. But it's like, do you want to be in the business of like, let me let me try to get in the brain yeah. space of, of Bill Belichick, what he's right. planning. Well, he's like, funny is, well he'll yeah. be, but he'll likely be a, co- a coach of one of those two teams. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, don't you think, like, he'll either be Washington or New England. <laughs> I, I, silly me. I, I was penciling in Bill Belichick for being the Patriots guy. Yeah. yeah I don't know what they're going to do. There's some, sort, there's some thoughts he might stay. Have not gotten the uh, Adam Schefter report of they, he is keeping his job for 2024. There was, one theory, there was one theory out there where he and Kraft agree that he stays, but they hire like a legit general manager and they take away like his Cesario? roster control. I mean, like that's uh, that's not a terrible decision. No, I don't think so either. Casario coming home? Oh, that would suck. That would suck. I don't want Casario coming home. No, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. That, that's that's, I, that's interesting. Just, thing. That's something I've just you know been had in the back of my head. Honestly, since. I I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I don't like, think th- so. Think back to the draft. Like now, Mike Lombardi. Yeah. Well, which part often of it? wrong? The Casario part or the, the Casario part? part? See, I don't think so. Like, Casario's got his coach. He's got his quarterback. You don't Why would you go to a place to where you have, like, the black cloud of Bill Belichick and then not having a, a quarterback? Home what rumors? The hardest. I haven't heard those rumors. No, remember when Mike Lombardi said that after the draft, Casario's going to get fired? And yeah, he had to I don't do think the press that, conference he where he's like, I'm not Leo. He basically yeah. did the Leo DiCaprio one. No, for one. sure. I, 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 do, I doubt it, but it wouldn't stun me. Like, if he was like, I'm going home to fix the Patriots. Yeah, See, he, I, I don't know why a GM he, would do that. He's a Patriots guy. But why would you leave I, I CJ Stroud for Bailey Zappi and whoever you're picking at number two or three? Like, like, Caleb, I don't, Caleb, I don't, I don't what agree. What if he likes Caleb Williams more than CJ Stroud? What if he likes D'Amico Ryans more than Bill Belichick? He and should. who wouldn't like D'Amico Ryans more than Bill Belichick? Maybe Casario. Because he's a robot there for twenty years. He's a robot. <laughs> he worked there his entire life. So uh, I don't see it, man. I just don't. I, I, I don't, hope. Not. I think it'd be. Yeah. I think it'd be ignorant on Nick Casario's side. Like he could be fired in two or three years. I mean, honestly, if he left, I would say I would be glad he left because it would show me he has poor judgment. Like, if he left the Texas he stuff, I don't he want shouldn't for be the, the Patriots stuff, yeah. like, like, you know what? Good. Because like, if those are the life decisions you're, you're making, you're I don't want you here. You're nuts. You're nuts. <laughs> the Texans are going to win nine games, maybe ten, maybe make the playoffs. I know. Nick Casario is a big part of that. And you want turnover? I know. What's no, wrong no, with no, me? I don't. He, he wants it if... If Casario is so stupid as to yeah. leave the Texans, then it's it becomes he is too too stupid to be a GM. Yeah, no, I, I, I doubt that will happen. But it also wouldn't shock me. We've I've seen had, crazy things happen. I've had so much fun with the Bill Belichick hypotheticals this year, especially with Paul. I bet. Yeah. Oh, just, that I, makes it even I better. I put him on every every team imaginable. I'm just like picture him in the hoodie. Okay. Uh, where do you where the, do you think he ends up? Where's your prediction of where he ends up? I think Washington. Ultimately, like if I were to like have to bet it, I'd, I'd put it at Washington, maybe the Raiders. Raiders is interesting because Mark Davis has like had a history of like he want he wants to do the John Gruden like. See, I, let me I just, think that's Harbaugh. Harbaugh, where it could be Harbaugh Raiders. If Cause it's, he, cause but it should be Antonio Pierce. I think it's going to be Pierce. It I think. I think. Uh, I think. Um, but they. But they just did this. They fired John. But Gruden. I think that's why. 
But they made the playoffs with Rich Passaccia. I think that's why they're going to be yeah. Pierce. He doesn't want to make the same mistake twice. Uh, you were out when Joel and I talked about this. Did you see the report from the Las Vegas Review Journal that they think that to squash the lawsuit, yeah. the NFL might allow them to rehire Gruden? Well, I mean, the NFL has no say on who you can hire as a head coach unless he's on like the commissioner's exempt list, he which got, Gruden's not, right? But he got fired by the NFL. Yeah, I think so. But like, so I think like the NFL would have to give the Raiders the all clear. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time a coach tried to sue the NFL and then got hired. It's true. Brian Flores. It's true. Will he get a head coaching job? <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Let's grade CJ Stroud on the other side. Killer bees on ESPN ninety seven five ESPN ninety two five. ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. The only sports radio on FM in Houston. Hey.